Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe while you're here today that the Holy Spirit will reveal the Word of God to you in such a way that you receive fresh revelation that takes you forward in God's plan for your life. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, and take a look at chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God wants you to, make, to take dominion in the realm that He has placed you in, to begin to rise up and take dominion, and that can mean to take control. It can be translated as rule over or to even reign over from a kingly perspective. Praise the Lord. God wants us to take dominion. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there He put the man whom He had formed. So, you know, you'll find that a lot of people like gardens. And why do we have a love for gardens? Because, my friends, we're like God. And the things that God likes, you know, those those qualities can be found in humanity. And people all over the world love gardens. And the most beautiful garden of all should be your heart. So that the Lord could walk through your heart. He could walk through the garden of your life and smell a beautiful fragrance and see everything beautiful and in order. But also when we look at gardens, the gardens that grab our attention are the ones that are well taken care of and that are very beautiful to look at. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. Now, the word tend means to work it, to cultivate it, and develop it. And to keep it means to take care of it and also protect it and guard it. Praise the Lord. You know, when I pray in the Spirit concerning the ministry property here, and our facilities here, our, our headquarters here. When I pray in the Spirit, it's amazing how the same, the same message from the Holy Spirit will float up. And I've had this word come to me before. But if I just start speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit, Lord, what is your heart for the property here? Uh, it's amazing what floats up, because it's the same thing over and over again. And I was just praying that early this morning, and it floated back up again. And the Holy Spirit says, golf course pretty. Woo! Hallelujah! Look, there is no such thing as a golf course just developing by itself. A golf course is the result of somebody obeying Scripture in a sense where they tend it and they keep it, they cultivate it, they develop it, and they do all of this work so that it's not, this is not an accident, this is on purpose. This is something that's very beautiful because nobody wants to play golf, you know, uh, in a place that's not visually attractive or calming or beautiful. So we have the ability to take dominion to make things beautiful where they reflect the glory of God. And that's something that I believe that the Lord wants His property here to be, a property that reflects His beauty and His glory, where, yes, the presence of the Lord is here, yes, the glory of the Lord is here, but also where you could walk around and it's just pretty, it's relaxing so that when you come to visit the ministry grounds, there's a place that you can sit, there's a place that you can pray, and you can feel relaxed and you can feel the peace and the joy of the Lord. Praise God. So I want to say thank you to everybody that honors the Lord and obeys Scripture, who's an online church member, by tithing. And because the tithe is what keeps the ministry moving forward in the plan of God. And also, while we thank God for the tithers, there are also many who watch 
who also love the teaching, but maybe you have a home church somewhere else, but you still think, Pastor Stephen, I want to be a blessing to the ministry, so I'd like to sow seed. Well, that's very vital also because the tithes and the offerings move the ministry forward. And right now we have been focusing on the Fence Project, and the Fence Project is a project that will beautify the entire ministry grounds and property. We're endeavoring to raise the funds by faith for a fence that will go around the entire ministry property. And you know, a good fence that's put up right is actually something that can be beautiful. And it also makes things very peaceful between neighbors because a fence is able to establish property boundaries and everything is the way that it should be in nice, clean, good order, just like a beautiful golf course. Praise the Lord. And that's what we want this ministry property to be like a place where you can come and sense the atmosphere of heaven and pray. And also it's peaceful and it's beautiful. You could lay that on the grass on the grass and, and just pray or put a blanket out. Hallelujah. And pray. Praise the Lord. We want it to be a place like that for the glory of God. Now, let me read again a verse to you, which has been a, a theme verse concerning the ministry project of the fence. And this would be the book of Job chapter one, verses nine and 10. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a protective fence around him, around this household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Now, Satan basically told the Lord, hey, look, I can't get to Job. I can't get to your man because you have put a hedge. A hedge is a protective fence. You have put a, a protective fence, not just around him, but around his family, around his workers, around all of his livestock, around his business, and it's impossible for me to touch him. And so my friends, I want to give you an opportunity to continue to sow into the fence project. And as you do so, I want you, as you sow that seed, to be believing that God is going to establish His protective fence all around your life. Now, somebody may say, well, Pastor Stephen, that was a spiritual fence. That wasn't a natural fence. Well, now stop and think about this for a moment. At the end of the book, in the last chapter of the book of Job, when God has doubled everything that Job had, where he is literally, if not one of the wealthiest men on the planet. At that point, he had, and you can count them, it lists, it lists the livestock assets of Job. He had 23,000 animals. Okay, so you can't tell me that he had 23,000 animals and they're all kept in by sand dunes. No, there's fences. So there, there, is, there is a fence that's natural and there is a fence that's spiritual. But think again about the assets and all of the things that were under the umbrella of Job's oversight as he's under the oversight of Jehovah God. Think about the size of the fence that would be needed. Job, being a married man, had a large family, and Job had he had several thousand employees, and he has he has over 23,000 23, animals. Okay, all of that is under a protection. What does that mean? That's got to be a big fence. But my friends, that's okay because we have a big God, and God can fence and protect everything that is in the sphere of your life, your family, your vehicles, your health, your mind, your body, your children, your assets, glory to the Lord. You know, I was ministering one time in Canada, and there was a pastor there from Africa, and he told me that in the nation that he lived, he said the stock market and the nation were very healthy. There was no, uh, you know, shakings in the economic system. Everything was running solid. And he said one day the Holy Spirit told him and said, and said, take all of your money, which was his life savings, take all of your money out of the stock market. And the Holy Spirit didn't give him an explanation or a reason why, but he did it. He obeyed. And he said the next day there was a stock market collapse. 
and it took years and years and years for the stocks to climb back up and most of the stocks he had his money in they've never reached the heights that they were once at when he pulled it all out so while others lost he didn't lose anything he still had all of his money and uh, you know it's just amazing how when you honor the Lord God can put a fence around you and all of your assets and all of your belongings it's incredible glory to the Lord God has the ability to supernaturally protect you and these angels stand guard around all that is rightfully yours with supernatural protection Jesus we give you praise today so according to the book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 there are things listed there that are eternal they'll never pass away one of them is seed time and harvest seed time and harvest will always be here and that is a system established by God to bring God's people into prosperity and when we sow seed we can reap a harvest seed time and harvest can also be revealed in the New Testament as sowing and reaping can also be even seen by the Apostle Paul identifying it as giving and receiving so as you honor the Lord with your tithes and sow a special seed my friends when you sow that seed when you give just write on there God's protective fence around all that's mine Woo, hallelujah. I tell you what, that fence will be, begin to go up around your children. It'll go up around your pets. It'll go up around everything that belongs to you. And you know, the devil, he'll just be flustered and frustrated. He can still do things to try to make, you know, life challenging for you. He doesn't go away. But at the same time, it'll be like Job, where he told the Lord, you know, I can't touch this person. I simply cannot touch this person because of this, this protective fence that you have put around him. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, if that was real under the old covenant, which it is, the new covenant through the impenetrable, all protecting blood of Jesus is so much better. Praise God. So let's tie into that today by faith, by the Lord's grace. And I really believe that the Lord wants you to be mindful of receiving that harvest of that protective fence, that protective hedge. And there's going to be testimonies. Praise God of how God's going to protect you. Just watch and see. Because as you give, remember, that's just one side. What is the other side? Receiving. I want you to have a heart to receive. I want you to be expecting that fence to be popping up all around you. A very, very strong, very, very beautiful fence. Everything in your life in divine and holy order. Praise the Lord. The projected budget for this fence is $30,000. And right now we're sitting at $8,500. $8,500. Thank you to everyone who has sown into this project. But let's not stop. Let's continue to move it forward for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody today that's sowing seed and for your precious people who are church members online that as they honor you with their tithe and as as the provision comes in. Father, we just give you praise that there is a protective fence, a hedge all around the lives of your people, and the enemy cannot devour your goods. Father, I thank you that the enemy cannot touch the life of your people. Hallelujah, that it's protected through the blood of Christ. And there are angels all around your people guarding them and protecting them and their children and all that they have all that they have. Father, you protected Job's animals, and that was a part of his business. So, Father, we give you praise. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, that your covenants are real, and they work, and they are proven, and they are true. We give you all the praise. Now, Father, as your people sow, let them also see that harvest of receiving. Let them be able to clearly identify it. And we thank you, Father, this is something that's established in their lives, this hedge of protection. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father God, in the beautiful name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's honor the Lord today. Those of you that are bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, if you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717.
Moravian Falls, North Carolina, our zip code is 28654. If you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in online, it's safe, secure, it's highly encrypted, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there and bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. There's also on the website a special header called Projects, and you can click on that, and you'll see the Fence Project. Praise God. We also have an aviation hangar project as that is moving forward as well. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, bless your people with overflow. Overflow. Father, we thank you. That is your plan for our lives. Overflow in the name of Jesus. Overflowing provision in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, let's jump into today's message. I want to talk about when the going gets tough. By the way, if you have been living on planet Earth, and I'm sure that uh, if you're listening to this message, this is where you're at. I don't think anybody's made it to Mars yet, although there are some plans for some people to get there. But even if you get to Mars, guess what? There's still going to be challenges there. My friends, if you're on planet Earth, sometimes the going can be tough. And we need to be people that know how to respond in tough situations to not quit, to not give up, to not throw in the towel, and also to encourage and lift others up. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, lift them up so that they are encouraged and refreshed and they go on as well. And you know what? You have to be strong to do that. Praise God. You have to be strong in the Lord. And this is something that God wants us to understand. Today we're in Mark's gospel, the 16th chapter. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word that there would be the illumination of your Holy Spirit so that we can see your word illuminated, we can grab it, take it, run with it, and apply it to our lives today. Father, we thank you. This is our daily bread. We don't live by natural bread alone, but we live by the word that proceeds from your mouth. We thank you, Father God, that today's word is a proceeding word coming from your throne, coming from your mouth, and we, we receive it as our spiritual nourishment. In the name of Jesus, we agree and say amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Now Jesus, of course, has been crucified. He has been laid in the tomb. Verse 2, very early in the morning. Now we have been talking about that over the last few Sundays and some of the Wednesday broadcasts about getting up early in the morning and praying seeking God, and really getting after things in the morning. You'll find that it is amazing that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all early risers, and I gave scriptures for that just this past Sunday, excuse me, this past Wednesday, but my friends, here it is again. Verse 2, very early in the morning. Okay, so I want to encourage you through the scriptures to get up early, because you get that early anointing. See, that anointing will begin to evaporate later, and it's a lot harder to recreate it and try to stir it up later. The dew comes in the morning. The dew is on the roses in the morning. That's when they're freshest. That's when the fragrance is the strongest. And you can go out there in full-blown sun and try to smell the roses at 12 o'clock noon. There's not much fragrance coming off. Why? Everything's better in the morning. That's where the dew is at. So you want to catch that dew. You want to catch that anointing. That's early in the morning. Verse 2, very early in the morning on the first day of the week they came to the tomb when the sun had risen that of course would have meant that they were up while it was still dark very early in the morning verse 3 and they said among themselves perhaps you've said something similar I know I have at times in my life who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us but when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. Then, of course, they enter into an experience of supernatural encounter, angelic visitation, and bearers of the most amazing news to ever be told, which is that Christ has been resurrected from the dead. Praise the Lord. My friends, I want you to understand, though, that you can have those moments before you have the resurrection releasing glory and power experience. Experiences. Uh, you could have moments before that when it just seems tough. And you're, it seems like you, not only are you going uphill, but that you're walking through thick sand or mud or something like that. And it just takes great effort just to take one day forward and to put one foot in front of the other and to keep the faith. But my friends, if you'll keep on going, 
you will reach your destination praise the Lord I've had some interesting experiences through my life that have taught me that it's very important to keep moving forward even when the going is tough and you have no clue in the world how that stone is ever going to get moved out of the way because this is what some Christians do who don't understand you know persistence and just dedication to the word what will happen is they'll they'll think well what's the use of even getting up early and doing all of this work when there's a stone that's been sealed by the Roman soldiers and even if we get there we can't move it we're not strong enough why even try why are we even doing this but uh, you know my friends when you begin to know the Lord and you understand his assignment his plan his calling and his direction that he has for your life you just get up and you get going praise the Lord and you do your thing if you do your thing you'll find out that God God will always do his thing. So, you know, don't just look at it and say, well, it's impossible anyhow, because with God, it's not impossible. He can help you do it, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. You will have very challenging times. When I was first called into the ministry full time, it was a lot of challenges that me and Kelly ran into, because when the Lord told me to uh, go before my employer and give my two-week notice, uh, I only had three meetings booked for the entire year. And I knew that the Lord, you know, really wasn't calling me the pastor. He was calling me into a, a traveling ministry. And so, a, you know, full-time itinerant prophetic type ministry. So um, I said, Lord, you know, I've only got three meetings, but you know, Lord, I obviously hear that you're calling me to do this and I believe you'll take care of things. And so I turned in my notice and, you know, finished my two weeks. And then it was time for the rubber to meet the road, as they say, to, you know, walk out on the water and let the word of God support me. And that's really key to so many things. When Jesus, uh, you know, told Peter, you know, Peter said, can I come out? you know, can I get out of the boat, come out there and join you on the water? And the Lord said, come. And so people say that Peter walked on the water. Well, he did. But really what's holding him up is not the water because it won't hold you or me up. What was holding him up was the word that Jesus said, come. And if he doesn't say come, it won't hold you up. But if he says come, it'll work. So I knew that when the Lord told me to come into the ministry full time, that that word would support me. And of course, for decades now it has Praise the Lord. But that doesn't mean that when I got out of the boat, that it was easy because you're still facing, you know, this natural realm of feelings and, uh, and you're walking by faith, but uh, sometimes you really have to take it by faith because the things that you're looking for have not yet manifested. They will, but they're just not there yet. Praise the Lord. So, you know, I stepped out in the ministry full time and while those two weeks were winding down, there was a pastor, a really good pastor, had a church with a couple thousand members and he would call me. Uh, he'd call me a few times even before the two weeks were up, and he would say, uh, Hey, uh, Brother Stephen, when are you going to come and preach for me? And I'd say, You know, I, I, I'd love to come soon. I just, I, you know, I'll be freed up pretty soon. And he would call me, and I still wasn't freed up, but he would call, he called me a couple times even during those, that two week period. And he said, When can you come? Very unusual. This, you know, I'd spoken at his church quite a few times. I don't know, maybe, maybe eight times, but um, he had never like approached me so strongly wanting me to come minister. But as soon as I finished my two week notice, now I'm full time in the ministry. Um, he really wanted me to come. So I went and I, uh, I went to his church and I spoke. It was a Wednesday night and I'd spoken at his place on a Wednesday night before on a Sunday morning. Of course, I knew if I spoke on a Sunday morning, the offering would probably be more, you know, just from a natural, logical way of trying to maybe look at that. But I knew it was a Wednesday night and I knew he would always, you know, there would be a blessed offering. But that Wednesday night, a really, a really like special offering came in. But he was so happy that he, uh, you know, he and the pastors reached into the the church's you know surplus fund, and they and they said, Stephen, we are going to add to the giving tonight out of the church's account, which is perfectly fine for them to do. They were the overseers of it because we feel that the Lord would have us to bless you. And, you know, they'd never done anything like that before. And you know what? They've never done anything like that since then. But I'll tell you this. I needed that. 
I absolutely needed that because I was walking and forward into the calling into what God had for me. But you talking about a big stone in the way. What was the big stone for me? How are the bills going to get paid? Who's going to roll away this big stone? How am I going to pay bills? Because just because you switch career careers or whatever doesn't mean the bills stop. And so, you know, I was really looking for the Lord to move that stone and he did. And it came through uh, it came through the fact that I kept walking forward, you know, because I could have said, well, what's use going in the ministry when there's no meetings, you know, because it looks like failure from a natural perspective. But I walked it out in faith and kept going forward, even when the rock or the boulder was still there and God moved it. Praise God. And that was a, that was a supernatural offering that they took and received from me that night and padded it, you know, added a lot more to it. And it was so needed because we were just stepping out and I had no ministry uh, really lined up for quite some time. Well, I finished those meetings, uh, which was just one, one meeting that night. And then just right after that, a pastor, because that, that was in Southern California. And then right after that, a pastor in Las Vegas called me and he said, Brother Brooks, he said, can you come do a meeting for me at my church? I said, well, sure. I said, when would you like me to be there? He said, Sunday. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll just drive on out. <laughs> Whoa, glory, don't have anything else to do. Uh, I didn't say that, of course, but um, I said, yeah, I can be there. And so I, I'll i never forget it. I went to minister at his church. He had a very good church. And this, this is a good pastor. He had, he'd only gotten out of prison. He'd been in prison for quite some time. Uh, he was a former financial whiz, and he had, he had done some things that were wrong, went to prison for it, served his time, and got out. And uh, the Lord had just done such a work in his life. He had, uh, he had such a beautiful ministry. And the church had just grown so fast with explosive growth. And he said, he said, come on, Brother Stephen, come do a meeting for me. I said, okay. So Sunday I go to his church to do a meeting. And he, he received the offering for me. I preached, I ministered, prayed for people. We had a really good time. And so he goes to receive the offering for me, and everything's kind of like going like normal with the offering. And, um, and, you know, after this, I didn't have another meeting scheduled for like months. So I only had one meeting, I think, after that, and it was months, or months out or something like that. So, um, so he's taking the offering, the offering's going kind of normal, and he's, he stopped and he looked at me sitting in the chair, and uh, the Lord spoke to his heart. And he said, everybody, he said, stop. He said, stop. He said, this is not supposed to be just like a normal offering. He said, we're really supposed to bless Brother Stephen today. He said, all right, so let's all do something special. And it, tur- it went from being like a normal offering, which would be nice, and it went to something that was really supernatural. And again, it was something that me and Kelly really needed because we were stepping out and there was a big rock in the way that said, you're not going forward because you don't have any money. There's no way you're going to go anywhere. You're going to be a total failure. And see, all those thoughts go through your mind, even when you're moving in faith, even as you endeavor to keep your mind on the word and stuff like that, the enemy will try to hurl those thoughts. So you have to keep your shield of faith up, but you know, he'll try to, he'll try to make those suggestions and things like that, that, you know, oh, you know, it's just not going to work. You should have kept your job. You're going to be a big failure and things like that, but you have to keep moving forward. And if you don't stop, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Praise the Lord. I think it's really one of the most, one of the most amazing examples of faith. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do you know that these ladies had faith? Because they didn't stop. They kept going, even though they were facing in the natural and impossibility. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Well, they, they were aware of needs. They were aware of the reality of, hey, you have to have certain things to live in this world. And if you don't have it, things can get really complicated and difficult real quick. So they, they knew uh, what they were facing, but they kept walking towards the tomb. Woo! Glory to God. And if you'll keep doing the same thing, God will do a miracle for you too. Praise the Lord. Now, keep going forward in faith, staying on your divine assignment. And if you do so, you will complete your divine assignment. Never forget that the stone is not the issue. Your faith is the issue. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, that big stone that's been rolled in the front of the tomb, that's the problem the ladies are facing. No, it's not the problem, and it never has been the problem, and it never will be the problem. The problem is not the stone. The problem is not 
uh, that thing that you're looking at. It, yeah, we're not saying it's not real. We're not saying it's not there because it is. That's not the issue. The issue is your faith. Woo! Glory to God because your faith in God to do a mighty work in your life will cause that thing to be moved. Woo! Hallelujah. But look, you're going to have to keep walking. You're going to have to keep going forward. This principle of steady forward progress through faith will work on any stone regardless of its size. Now, I think that's important to understand whether it's a big stone sealing the mouth of a tomb that, you know, would take many people to move, strong men to move with ropes and leverage and things like that, or a small stone, you know, but it's, st- but it's still too heavy to lift. Well, just keep going forward, trusting the Lord, staying on your assignment, and you'll see that God will do a miracle for you. Praise the Lord. Now, this is very interesting. I want you to listen to this next, this next key. The devil, the enemy, will try to harass your mind by constantly endeavoring to remind you of that stone. In other words, he'll say, hey, you're walking, but you and I both knowing nothing going to happen. You'll be walking forward, and he'll say, hey, I know you're trying, but you have to understand this won't work for you. It only works for special people that are maybe God's really favorites. It only works for them. It won't work for you, and you're about to find out. I mean, he'll, he'll hurl that stuff with you. He'll try to harass your mind. And he can send it so heavy and so thick that really... It's almost like sometimes you can't even look up. I'm not saying you're depressed. I'm not saying you're despondent. But I know what it's like to be beneath that when he's hurling it at you and you have not yet seen it moved and you don't know how it's going to happen. And your mind, which, you know, when we were born again, our spirit was born again. But our soul, our mind is not yet, it's not yet fully redeemed. It will be when we get to heaven. Praise the Lord. And we'll keep, re, we'll keep working on it, renewing it while we're here. But um, I tell you, the enemy, he'll try to work with your mind. And we're going to resist, of course, but he will try to make those suggestions that, you know what? It's not going to work for you. And he'll hurl it. Now, sometimes the Lord will stand back as a test and watch how you're going to react when the going gets tough. I need to be honest with you. If you're going to walk with the Lord, there is victory, but I'm going to be honest. It will get tough at times. Praise the Lord. Not all the time, but there will be those moments when it can get so tough, it feels like you can't even look up, and you feel like you're under a load. I know what it's like. I've walked through those, those experiences before. They have been inescapable. You can live a holy life, and you could, you could be a holy man or woman of God, but there are some things that they are inescapable. God allows it for the development of your faith. And I remember one time when I was uh, around the minister friend of mine, he was under such a burden, spiritual burden, because he was believing God for provision for this property that he was endeavoring to buy, and the seller of the property had set a deadline. Now, let me say this. Deadlines sometimes can be, can be extremely good. Why? Because it draws a line in the sand and says, this is the day, this is the hour, this is the moment. And so it gives you a goal, and it also really lets you know, hey, we just can't be in cruise mode. We're going to have to really get after it, because why? There's a deadline coming, and it's make it or break it. It's either live or die. So we're going to have to face that deadline. Let's really get after it. And so this minister friend of mine was under this deadline, getting closer and closer, and the funds weren't there. He was in faith. But oh, I could, I could feel I could feel the burden that he was under. All I could do was pray for him. There, when people are in a place like that, it is extremely immature to go up to them and say, well, brother, be of good courage. Have faith. You're going to be all right. That, that doesn't work. That does not work in situations like that. And in your own life, when you're under that weight and you're walking that thing out in the reality of God's assignment for your life, in your own life, when you're really under that pressure, it's not even really the time to just, how can we say, make a good confession of faith. 
Why? Because the burden sometimes can be so heavy that it's better just to stay quiet or just to pray in tongues and pray in the Spirit. Because you're carrying this thing and the enemy is bombarding you. And you have to understand what the ladies were going through. By the way, my friend got his miracle. Provision poured in, not manipulated, not coerced. Provision as God touched the hearts of people. Heaven opened and provision came in. And then, and then the joy, the laughter, then the signing of the paper and paying it off in cash. Then the release of the resurrection power now that the stone has been moved. Then all the gravy, all the good stuff, all the wonderful stuff. But that doesn't mean you don't have times when it's tough. I need to let you know, if you're having that tough moment, there's glory on the other side. There's the release of the, of the, the divine encounters and the, all, of, all of the wonderful things. The angel in the tomb with the shining garments. There's all of the good stuff. But you're going to have to not quit. You're going to have to really lock in, and you're going to have to really pray and push. Praise the Lord. And if you do, if you just keep walking, you're going to see how faithful and how good God is. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. These ladies are walking forward. Not only are they dealing with the reality of knowing, because we thank God for our minds, because we need, we need our minds, we need our brains, we need to be able to calculate, we need to be able to reason, we need to be able to make logical, uh, you know, computations of certain things. They knew that that stone was there. And uh, they're aware of that, but we know they're in faith. We know they're still walking forward. But understand also, that's not all they're dealing with. They're also dealing with the fact that their beloved Messiah has just been crucified, and they witnessed it. They saw it. Jesus, the hope of the world, the hope of the Jewish people, the hope of even many Gentiles, was publicly crucified and has been laid in a tomb. I mean, they, they, they visually saw where He was laid at. Wow. They're dealing with sorrow, sorrow that, that is deeper than anything they've ever experienced before. I wouldn't say disillusionment, but I would say that they're going through a whole lot. They're trying to put this puzzle together because when Jesus died, it left, it left even the apostles just like, you know, you know, it was a very difficult time, and that's putting it lightly. But I want you to see this. Verse 4, but when they looked up, what does that tell you? It tells you that they were so burdened, they couldn't look up. The reason they looked up was because they're looking down. They're looking down under so much weight, and they're talking amongst each other. They're trying to do the best they can, like, let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. But, oh, the grief in their heart, the sorrow on their heart, trying to figure out what just happened. They saw they had just seen Jesus crucified. And all of this, all of this going through them was so heavy on them, they could not even lift up their eyes. Hmm. Sometimes the Lord allows His certain chosen ones who are mature enough and who are near enough to His heart to also experience to, I'll say it like this, to have the privilege of experiencing what these ladies experienced. Praise the Lord. And if you're ever going through that, and it is so tough that even the Apostle Paul said that he, dis, he they despaired of life. Paul, I mean, Paul was basically saying, Lord, it would be better if we just got killed. <laughs> this is just awful. Hey, we're just like hanging on by a thread. Uh, Paul knew what that was like. And that's really an honor to allow for the Lord allow you to for him to trust you to go through a narrow path like that. So if you're going through it, keep on going and know that he believes in you and that you believe in him and he's going to do it for you. He's going to move the stone. But my friends, these ladies, they had it heavy on them. Just the enemy was just, you know, everything he could do to keep it from happening. But you know what? They kept going. My friends, please just keep moving. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Think about these women. They kept going also. Okay? They're a great example for us. They are a tremendous example for us. But when they looked up, but when they looked up, 
And I believe that when you have that moment, when you have done all you can do, and that was difficult, the long walk, hardly any sleep, where do they get all the spices from? I mean, they must have hardly had any time to do it. They had to find out where he was buried. They had to find all these various spices that are needed and pull all of this stuff together. And women are very good at that. And if you put the women together as a team, they can be very resourceful. Uh, they can really be very creative in accomplishing things when they're in unity. It's an, it's an amazing thing. But it still was very difficult for them. Very hard. But my friends, they just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And the moment they finally reached that apex or the conclusion of having done all that they could do. And you must do the same thing. The moment they came to that place where they were just, they're just like, we can't do anything else. And they looked up, it was gone. It had been moved out of its place. It was still there, but it was gone from the place of having been sealed. It was rolled out of the way. Glory to God. The stone's not the problem. <laughs> you may think it is, but it's not. Mm, the issue is your faith and your trust in God and you walking this thing out one foot in front of the other, believing God when all hell and all darkness would say, it's not working. It's not going to happen for you. And you find out, does this, faith, does this faith thing really work? If I hold to God's word, is it really strong enough? My friends, you will come to that point when you look up and you'll find, you'll find that because you honor the Lord and clung to his word, come hell or high water, you'll find that Jesus will always, not sometimes, always, every single time come through for you. Can you shout today around the world and say amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much. We give you praise. Number one, know your assignment. Know your assignment. Know why you're walking. Know what, know what you're doing. Know your assignment. You know, okay, for the ladies, we're going to go anoint the Lord. We're going to do our part to honor Him. Know your assignment. Number two, know that God agrees with it. Know that God's with you on the journey. Know that you're uh, in line and in harmony with God's Word. Know that your motives, your actions, the thing that you're doing, uh, know that it's right and that it's pleasing to the Lord. Get the, get the witness of the Holy Spirit that God gives you the green light to go and that everything's okay, okay? So know your assignment. Know that God agrees with it. And number three, just keep moving forward regardless. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. You will have obstacles. You will have stones, but keep moving forward. This reality of this message really hit me one day. It was about, it's probably about um, maybe 18 years ago when I was going to a meeting to preach. And me and my wife were in Long Beach, California, leaving Long Beach to drive to a meeting that was only maybe about a 35 minute drive. We tried to give a buffer for traffic. And so we gave an extra hour and a half for the traffic. So we thought we'll be okay. Well, the traffic was beyond this normal congestion of being, you know, pretty bad. And it went from pretty bad to like really bad. And so we're sitting in stalled traffic. That's not moving at all. I'm, I'm talking not even going three miles an hour. It's going zero. We're just sitting there, and the clock's ticking, and it's getting closer and closer to the time that I've got to speak. And I, I'm thinking, you know, I've never been late for a meeting. <laughs> I said, Lord, this is rather uncomfortable. And the longer we sat, and then sometimes we would inch forward just a little bit, it's like I was getting bombarded. The enemy was saying, you're never going to make it. Why even try? Just call the pastor and tell him you're not even going to be there. Tell him you're just stuck in traffic. You're not even going to make it. But me and Kelly said, you know what? Let's just pray in the spirit. And the pressure that we were not going to make it was so strong that it was a pressure where you don't even, how can I say, you don't even say, well, let's make a positive faith confession. We're going to make it, and we're going to be on time. Now, now, it wasn't the place for that. Why? I didn't feel like saying that. Why? I, why? We just felt such a bombardment that, you know, but we just, we just both agreed, let's just pray in the Spirit that God's going to get us there. And so there was no talking. It was just praying in the Spirit. And you know what? We got there early. And it didn't make any sense. I did, uh, it didn't make any sense. I've had stuff like that happen several other times. Now, 
Now, what I do today is that if I'm going to minister, particularly if it's ever out of state, I'll always get there the night before. Because I've had too many times where, uh, you know, especially in the winter, it doesn't take a lot for a plane flight to get canceled or, you know, or with snow or weather, things like that to be disruptive. So in many of the meetings, I try to get there the night before, check into a hotel. I'm already there. No stress, no pressure. Now I can just get prepared. And then other times, such as what happened 18 years ago of, you know, driving, even trying to drive there early. What I'll do now is I'll just go like, maybe nine or 10 hours early, check into a hotel and then pray and prepare. And then boom, that hotel is just like a block away from the church. And then again, no stress, no way that anything can disrupt it. Praise the Lord. But you know, we all learn, we all grow. And it can be at times also, some things do happen that no matter how well you plan, there can still be hurdles or things pop up and you know, you're just going to have to keep on going. You'll find that if you'll keep on going, God will do some of the most ridiculous uh, miracles. And here's the thing. They're not always like, like these really big wild miracles where in a sense, you know, like with miracles with fireworks, but nevertheless, when you look back and you think about it and consider it, you're like, that was miraculous. How did that happen? How did that work out when we actually got through that? We got beyond that. We went past that hurdle. How, how did that happen when it seemed like it was just finished? There was no way. I've learned, and that, that day taught me, 18 years ago, that day taught me, don't ever stop. Don't ever quit. Because the enemy was saying, just call the pastor. You're never going to make it. There's no way you're going to be there on time. By the time you get there, the whole meeting will be over. Just call the whole thing off. And we just said, no. And we just prayed in the spirit and got there early. Praise the Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My friends, you've, you're going to have to learn that when the going gets tough, push, don't back off, don't quit. And that's not the time to start questioning. Is God in this? Those are things we have to already have ironed out and figured out before we start. Okay. You you're on the path. You're already fully persuaded. The ladies were going to the tomb they knew that was the right thing to do. So they're not going to stop. That's not the time to say, well, I wonder if we're even supposed to be doing this. No, no, no. That, that's, that's the stuff that, you know, you've left behind years ago. Praise the Lord. This is for those that are running after the Lord, that are serious with the Lord, and you're, you're, you're hitched very close to the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Know your assignment. Know that God agrees with it and keep moving forward. When you do that, you lift your eyes up too. Perhaps you have been so pressured, so, so under the, the burden that you haven't been able to lift up. But when you get there, you lift your eyes up, you'll see that God has done it for you. And sometimes it's small things he moves. Sometimes it can be big things. And he'll do it in ways sometimes you never even would have thought of. I've uh, I've had many experiences where I, I've thought, Lord, I, I wouldn't even thought of an option like that. Kind of reminds me of like when Moses, who with the Israelites, having just come out of Egypt, he he's right by the Red Sea, and they're camped by the Red Sea, and then Pharaoh changes his mind and says, what have we done? We have let them go completely free. So he gathers the whole Egyptian army and pursues them, and he's right there on them with just a thin veil separating them but he's ready to slaughter them. Pharaoh is ready just to kill them all. And um, Moses tells the people, everybody be calm. And you know, Moses is endeavoring to speak in faith and, you know, hold composure so that that calmness and faith goes out over the people. And um, he's kind of standing around after that just for a moment. And the Lord says, what are you doing just standing there? <laughs> you know, take your hand, stretch out the staff and go forward. Wow. Uh, Lord, uh, go forward. Uh, well, we can't go to the side. We're hemmed in. There's like these cliffs on each side. We certainly can't go back. Uh, that's where the Egyptians are at wanting to kill us. So the only option, wow, Lord, I'm just telling you the Lord, he's, he is absolutely amazing. Who would ever, who would have ever thought, oh, we'll just, we'll just go through the Red Sea. Yeah. Let's just go right through there. <laughs> that's God's stuff. That's the way God thinks. So, um, uh, he can he can part waters. He can um, he can do stuff just that we can't even think of. But let him do his thing while you do your thing, which is to what believe his word, keep moving forward, and it, it produces a very exciting life. 
Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today that I sense that there are quite a few who have felt some pressure lately. Father, even as your Holy Spirit told me to preach this message today, I had something else I was going to preach, and He totally changed my message. So, Father, I have, I have shared your rhema word with your people today. So, Father God, let them now lift their eyes up, and I thank you that you're going to move that stone for them. Whatever that thing is, you're going to, you're going to remove it, and they're going to find, they're going to find that they're going to go through and fulfill that assignment. And there's going to be bonus, there's going to be blessing, there's going to be reward, just like there were for the ladies, angelic visitation, and oh, Lord, just having been there in the resurrection glory. Oh God, we give you praise. We give you praise. Father, let your people stand on the front line of all the good things that you're doing in the earth today as they continue to move forward. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for breakthroughs, 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 breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that your spirit is moving. Your spirit is moving and your spirit is speaking. Your spirit is guiding. Your spirit is leading. We give you all of the praise and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes, keep your heart on the Word of God. Hold to it. Don't doubt. You're going to be just fine. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This works every time over and over and over again. Glory to God. Let's take Holy Communion today. Praise the Lord. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. If you're watching today and you have not yet made Christ your Lord and Savior, but you feel the conviction of your sins, you sense your life is not right with God. Right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. Jesus, wash my sins away. Remove all my guilt and shame. Jesus, I give you praise. You shed your blood for the redemption of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I put my trust and faith completely in you. And I surrender my life to you. Pray this prayer. And I repent and turn from my sins. Jesus, save me now. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I belong to you now. Hallelujah. Those of you who are Christians, who are believers, that would include those of you that just prayed that prayer. Let's take communion together today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, for the grape juice. We thank you. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is the Holy Communion. This is now the body and the blood of our Savior. Father, we give you praise for the body of the Lord, for His Word, so precious, so powerful, so faithful. Thank you, Father God, that everything that you say is yes and amen. Oh God, we, we just build our lives upon your word, which is the rock. Hallelujah. Father, we now receive the body of Jesus with great praise and thanksgiving. In his name, amen. Let's partake together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, its mighty cleansing power, washing our sins away. And Father, we thank you that our sins and our iniquities, you not only forgive them, but you remember them no more. Thank you, O God, that we have right standing with you through the blood of Jesus, where you see us clean and pure and holy through the shed blood of Christ. Thank you, Father God, that you are our Father, and we are your children, your sons and your daughters, and we belong to you. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us receive the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forever. My friends, keep putting one foot in front of the other in faith, in faith. And you're going to see that God's going to do a miracle for you. Praise the Lord. May you have a blessed week. May your faith be strong. And may you have divine encounters.